Hey, you don't understand business. Hi, everybody. This is Terrace again, and uh, we've got a, another podcast here for you. And today we thought it'd be a great idea to talk about the 1830 Chop House, and that's 1830chophouse.com. Get a little bit of sponsorship in there. Um, <laughs> Never hurts anything. That's right. Um, but we thought it'd be just a great idea how how the concept of 1830 came together. Was it the was it the location first? Was it the concept first? You know, how did that come together? And Sean, dive into that for us. I had a partner at another business that lived in in town, uh, kept coming back to this location. It was sitting empty Mm -hmm. at the time. And he would come look at it, and he would come and talk to me about it. And you could tell that he was kind of percolating something through his head. And he looked at it several times and kept coming back and kept talking to me about he thought it would be a great place for a steakhouse. Mm -hmm. And it was not, I don't want to say it was in bad shape, but the the concept that had been in there before was a little bit. They didn't take care of the of the building necessarily mm-hmm. the way that that I would have taken care of the building. Um, they just kind of they weren't you know destroying anything, but they didn't really Give take care love. of it, right? And <laughs> and it looked a little bit beat up and used, and they didn't really mind mm-hmm. that. Um, it was a it was a tasting room for a brewery. And they had a, a dining side, but it wasn't really used ever. And mm-hmm. that was where the front door led into. And it just looked kind of vacant mm-hmm. and, and just wasn't a great look. And so I came in a couple times to look at it and was like, ah, you know, it's okay. It's a space. Yeah, we could probably mm-hmm. do something with it. Like, I can do something with everything. But I, I personally wasn't super excited because, again, middle of pandemic, it was 2020 when he was looking at this spot and we were dealing with all of the things pandemic related and restaurants, especially it was really difficult. Mm-hmm. So I personally wasn't thinking about going out and starting another restaurant in the middle of all of that. Right. Uh, but he was the one that kind of kept pushing for something to happen there sure. and was kind of the impetus for us to take that step and put something in there. And Matt mm-hmm. can probably talk a little bit more about the, how the deal kind of came together on, on that side of things and, and how we kind of secured the location and then, you know, what we did from there. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because the, as Sean mentions, the tasting room or the, you know, that the brewery ran was really their second location. They had one mm-hmm. in uh, Lafayette College Town. It was really a staple location where they brewed the beer and had a really strong following. Mm-hmm. And this was a, uh, I guess, now third generation restaurant space. So originally it was a French restaurant, mm-hmm. real boutique, only sat a few people every night. That's the way they liked it. So when the tasting room came in, as Sean was saying, it had a kind of a funky entry into a forgotten family dining area because really the focus was on the bar side where, um, you know, you still seat 40 or 50 people probably, mm-hmm. but um, you know, a lot of hamburgers, sandwiches, things of that sort, but um, just didn't focus on that side. So it was a discombobulated, I think, to say the least. Sure. And um, ironically, I sold it to a good friend who is one of our partners now in the Chop House while the brewery was there. And uh, the brewery actually traded hands between partners. So mm-hmm. one partner bought the other partner. New partner said, I don't want this tasting room. So I actually closed the doors and just continued to pay rent, which mm-hmm. was going to be for another three and a half years. So I began marketing the space and <clears throat> man, I had tons of different people through. I had 
a breakfast spot. I had a wing spot that would be a franchise. I had a um, smaller one-off restaurant who's, who was doing really well in a neighboring community. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about um, moving to another uh, market. And I think it would have been a great fit um, if he would have decided to go forward on it. And through that marketing of the space, sure enough, Sean walked through the door one day with the guy who, yep, had been through three or four times. And I'm like, sure, I'll meet you again, show you again. But again, Sean was here this time. So I was like, okay, we got some depth here. There's multiple people. And I think at that point it became real that, hey, this could be a good fit. You know, granted, think about this too. The landlord didn't have a ton of incentive to lease the space. Right. Because he's collecting rent. He's got a a non-active tenant. Um, You know, life's pretty easy. Right. But we both felt like it would be best to move forward with a new concept, get the doors open. (laughs) And and truly, regardless of the concept, there was a need for another restaurant on Mm -hmm. the square at that time. So I think... And the town wanted it. The town wanted it. I mean, in... And it shows today, right? Like the support that the Chuck right. House has today shows that it was needed. Yeah. So kind of to tie it all together, um, put together a deal and it, it really worked out. And there was there was work that needed to happen in the space. It had a great landlord who was willing to do some of that work and work with the tenant to mm-hmm. kind of have a, a runway, so to speak, on rent obligations to make sure that it was successful. Um, and, uh, and yeah, through that process, I think it was maybe... <laughs> Maybe four weeks before we were signing the lease, it's like, uh, "Hey Matt, uh, you want you want to be a partner?" And I was like, <laughs> "Like in what?" And he said, "The restaurant." I was like, "Sure, why not?" I didn't know the terms. Yeah, I was like, "I don't know the terms. Just bring a check. Sure, let's do this." Right. And uh, you know that that was, uh, and I was kind of without some of the background. I was in fine dining through college and whatnot, so I've always enjoyed the the restaurant side of life in, in right. some capacity. So I said, "Yeah, let's do it." You know that was. That was then, and now I'm a larger partner, and you know it was a great choice, and we're having fun doing it, right? Yeah. It's my hometown too. <laughs> exactly. Like, why not? Why not have a restaurant in your hometown? And sure, you know, it's also relatively convenient. I live less than a par four, or I work less than a par four away from the building. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Now, all of a sudden, my wife says we we own a restaurant. I was like, well, portion of a restaurant. That's right. Not the whole <laughs> right. thing. And right. I was like, so it's not too bad. But Nobody wants to own all of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, roundabout way of this was that, you know, there was a restaurant space, which are really hard to find, especially in a historic county seat square spot. Has a lot of character. And man, we, it was just the right fit for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I so, agree. Yeah. And, and I think that our, our partner who owns the building has been awesome about making the building a focal point for the community yeah, Um, and really reinvesting in it to make it stand out and be special. And that's helped the the business as well. And, and makes his building more valuable at the end of the day. The building was built. uh, 1873. Is that what it was? Yeah. It's 150 years old. Yeah. And that kind of falls in line with a lot of the buildings on the square. They're, you know, late 1800s. So yeah, and, and he's just done a great job with, you know, we're actually sitting in, in the upstairs of what we'd call the uh, Peter Tripp's Lounge. It's mm-hmm. kind of a speakeasy-esque type lounge, you know, so it's got a lot of really cool features. And, and Rob worked so hard yeah. to build this out and get the right color. Well, and, you know, funny story about the uh, color because he kind of had his heart set on a, a different tone of color, uh, more time period-esque, I guess. And then one of our other partners um, said, 
no, we're we're not going that direction, right? Because <laughs> and I will give her the credit. She she ha- does a great job with accenting and and doing those type of things, putting the more of the feminine touch on everything, Make, making the space feel very inviting. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so it just and that's the unique thing we've got with the five of us that are in this partnership. Because one of the things I hear when I tell people I'm partners on something, they go, "Oh, partnerships never work." Well. And we've we've seen that we've experienced that ourselves, yep. um, and and sometimes they don't work, mm-hmm. you know. But then you get the right group together that uh, when everybody stays in their lane, and we've got a you know an expert chef, and you've got finance background. I, I think whatever the the partnership is, everybody has mm-hmm. to have a a role that they play mm-hmm. and know their role and stay in it and, and fulfill it, it too. And, and it can just be as simple as like. I'm the money guy, yeah, right? Absolutely. And I'm going to be an investor and I'm going to stay out over here because I don't understand the day-to-day operations of that business yeah. and I don't want to screw it up for you. So unless there's a catastrophic issue, I'm going to be over here yeah, and yeah. you just cut me a check, right? Yes. Or, you know, you're the building owner or you're the, yep. you know, whatever your role is. But I think everybody needs to have that conversation up yeah. front. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like getting married, right? Like yeah. we want to make sure that, we're all a good fit for one another yeah. before yes. we, you know, take the vow. And if everybody knows what the score is up front and there's a clear line of communication and everybody's talking about it, yeah. then it saves a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of issues down the road, I feel like. Yeah. And I, and I think we'll probably end up having a, a an episode on partnerships in the future, solely oh. on partnerships. Yes. Right. Yeah. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was that, all partnerships will end one day. Right. It, right. It just doesn't matter. It ends for good, for bad, ugly, pretty, yep. retirement, you name it, it's going to end. So starting it the right way is so important because if you don't start it the right way with the right process, yeah. the right documentation, the right expectations, then yeah. it's going to, it's going to go bad sooner than it, it would otherwise. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Cause I mean, yeah. I think in, in those are, you know, especially if you're friends with somebody first. I mean, this was unique where I know Matt and I, we knew each other, but, it, you know, we weren't, I wouldn't say if we were friends, right. we Absolutely. you know, but we knew who each other were. And I didn't have any idea who Sean and Amber <laughs> I mean, and Rob you, was. You came into the barbecue yeah. restaurant some, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I knew I knew yeah. Matt, you know, in passing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that having our own lanes and knowing that made yeah. everything. And we were, we communicated up front and yeah. made yeah. sure everybody yeah. knew what the, what the score was. So... Um, so once we kind of came to terms on, on the building and got that secured, I feel like that was kind of where the partnership really helped out because Terrace did some of the build out work as did Rob, who's the building owner. Um, and then Amber and I put in a lot of blood, sweat and tears, just cleaning things up, getting things ready to launch and, and kind of executing from there. So, and I think everybody did their part coming in and trying to make the space you know, talking about the vision of what yeah. the restaurant could be in this particular space and how to best utilize that space. Mm-hmm. And we changed around some stuff oh, yeah. um, that that the previous tenant had done yeah. and actually made it more like the first tenant, the French restaurant, mm-hmm. um, which was actually a, a good call uh, yeah. because they, they actually were here for a long time and had a good idea of what the building should be uh, mm-hmm. and how to how to be a little bit efficient about it and and spent the money to make it a, a pretty good space honestly uh, so I, I feel like we had good bones to work with so that helped a lot yeah um, 
and actually that was one of the selling points for me when I walked in to, to do the initial walkthrough was that it needed work, but it didn't need to be stripped down to, to studs and redone. It had yeah. a lot of really good features that, that we could utilize in the concept that we were talking about, which saves a lot of money. Oh, it's huge for a startup restaurant to, to come in and, and even if you say 50%, right? Yeah. 50% yep. of cost, you're three years ahead of if you start from scratch at minimum. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was when in the marketing of it, Rob, the building owner, and I both really felt it was important to try to do everything we could to keep it a, a restaurant. Well, and I think not even just a restaurant necessarily. It's it's the right restaurant for the right location because this was a high-end French boutique restaurant. They had incredible, they had some um, equipment in the kitchen I don't even know how to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all I know is one of them will make great French onion soup. And uh, <laughs> so that's because it melts cheese. Uh, but anyway. Um, the timing of the city growth was yeah. so important. Yes. Too. That was yeah. the other thing that I think was really important about what we put here. Because the city is rapidly growing and changing and expanding, yes. the demographic yeah. is changing and expanding. And we're hitting that market on an up curve. Yes. yes. And so I feel like we're, we were placing a restaurant that there was a need for, but in five years, there's going to be a desperate need for. Yeah. And so now we're already in the market and we're an established presence versus coming in when when mm -hmm. the clientele's actually here and paying extra for the real estate and the right to be here. Yep. When I think like you talked about a wing place had looked at it, you know, and this is not, in my opinion, and I think it'd be even agreed with the wing place, this is not the location, but... A half mile north of here, there's right. a fast food restaurant that went out of business up there. You know, that's the perfect location for that wing location is up there. And, and it, so it's like just because you see an empty restaurant facility doesn't mean you need to open, you know, grandma's kitchen up there yeah. because you've got the best recipe for potato salad. You need to make sure you're looking for that right location, the right demographic. And can the town you know, truly afford it because I think that's one of the other things that Sean does a great job of bringing to the table with the team is how do we, how do we get our money back? You know, mm -hmm. just because we can, you know, grill a steak, what do we got to sell that steak for? Is it $40? Is it $50? And I'm sure a lot of people are going 40 bucks for a steak. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're using good quality meats, you're hand cutting them. Again, that's 1830chophouse.com. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, but you know, we're not, we can't make ends meet selling $3 hot dogs out of here either. Right. Even though that hot dog only costs us a dollar, we can't move enough hot dogs through here. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing that part of your business as well is, is very critical. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one of the, <clears throat> there was a breakfast place that looked at this space. Pretty hard. And I, I remember thinking, I, I think I heard at one point that they were taking it. Mm -hmm. And the town... If it was it was either that one or another concept, but the town was kind of on the fence. Like they weren't really excited about yeah. it. They really wanted something nicer to come in on the square. I think. Yeah, it was and, a strong user, like yeah. a strong end user that mm -hmm. yeah. you would feel good about knowing that they're going to do it right. But at the same time, it was not. It really wasn't driving home what the yeah. people wanted. There, there wasn't really a a desperate need for it right. in the community. I don't think, and it mm -hmm. wasn't fulfilling what the the town yeah. leaders wanted to do. Yeah. They really were pushing for a, a higher end place. And I, I think that in the end, 
they were super supportive because we put in what they were asking for and were willing mm -hmm. to work with us to give yeah. us some things that we may not have gotten at another location. That's right. So, I mean, it, it helped out everybody. Well, and I think the other thing we talk about what the town, uh, the response from the town. And, you know, it's always um, entertaining, I guess, to watch the Facebook chatter, you know, when we see empty buildings and we hear the rumors um, of what's going in or what people think needs to go in or why is the town doing this. And so maybe, and I know, Sean, you were, you know, where obviously we had the town leadership that we were getting direct feedback from right. where it's the mayor or, you know, town council members, you know, those, I know Matt, you had a lot of those conversations as well, but then it's also watching those Facebook chatter groups with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. And seeing what, what's being commented and what comes you, you back. You can't take everything personally <laughs> yeah. as a business owner yeah. in general and as a restaurateur in particular, because everybody's got an opinion about yes. your food or you know whatever it is. And I think a lot of the things that we saw, especially initially, was because our community is growing and the mm -hmm. demographic is changing, you've got people that have lived in this community their whole life. Right. And it's been the same way for a long time, and now it's all of a sudden rapidly changing and expanding, and that's uncomfortable for some people. They don't want to see their town change. Yeah. And I get that part of it. You know, but the town is changing. Right. Yeah. And so you can't hold that back just because you want to hold on to that that vision of what it was 10 or 20 years ago. Sure. And I, I think that it comes out as frustration from some people mm -hmm. that, you know, you're taking this building and you're turning it into something new and you're using it for something that they may or may not approve of. Right. Um, and I, I think that being able to recognize that that's an issue for them and it's it's nothing that you've done personally they're just uncomfortable with all of it. Yeah. Yes. And so you can't really lash out at those people or be upset with them. You just kind of move on and you take the compliments that you get and yep. the criticisms. Like sometimes you can address criticisms and it's honest criticism and, and people are wanting to see you improve or change something for the better. Uh, but there's some people that you're just never going to make yeah. happy and you have <laughs> yeah. to be able to, to understand that and put that aside and and recognize it for what it is. Well, and the interesting thing about this building is that one side of it was a hardware store and one side of it was a butcher shop. Yep. And so, you know, when people were like, oh, you're, you know, a steakhouse, why are you changing it? Well, it, do you want a butcher shop the, back in here? Because that's yeah. what it was originally. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting looking at, yeah, our, our partner Rob, who owns the building, was big into the history of the building. Oh, yeah. Like he spent a long time at the uh, at the archives, just going through old newspaper clippings, finding out the history of everything. And he's got a lot of it in the restaurant that you can yes. read about. And it's it to me, it's fascinating watching, you know, that the building was built and who took it over and what they changed yeah. it into yeah. over the course of 150 years. And so we're just right. part of that history. And yeah. someday our restaurant will go away and something else will come into this right. space. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like the utilization of the building, like where we're sitting now, the upstairs. I mean, it hadn't been anything for decades. Yeah. And when I say nothing, it was just shell type space, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And because of the support from the community and being able to have some success, you know, being able to convert this to usable space, there's no loss in that. That's only a win for everyone involved. Absolutely. Uh, both owners, operators, but also the community to say, hey, we've got a space now that we didn't have before. Right. Whether yeah. you use it once or a hundred times, yeah. the, that's, uh, that's there. The Economic Development Board for the county is very happy that we have mm -hmm. meeting space up here because yeah. they didn't really have 
someplace that they could point to for people to go to in the county that was growing usable and accessible mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. was nice enough to that they wanted to send people to to utilize it so I, I think that it's just part of the growth of the community yeah. is that we're able to come in and offer that kind of stuff well, and it's also very unique because I think a lot of downtowns, um, you see that second, you know, those upper stories just instantly turn into apartment space because right. we know that, I mean, there's good money in that, right? At yeah. the end of the day, it's easy money. It's good money. Oh, well, I shouldn't say easy money. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's uh, money. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. money. Um, been, been in the uh, rental business and retired from that, as I like to say, but um but it is something unique that attracts more people to it. And then, and they, you know, when they come out, especially in the evening, they look up there, you know, I'll be sitting outside on our lovely patio that we have out there at 1830chophouse.com. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, well, what's that up there? What's going on? And then next thing we know, you know, somebody's calling for a bridal shower or whatever it is, you know, or, or a business meeting up here because it's there's not a lot of that space and the size of community we have here yeah so i think as a as a whole to wrap it up i think from start to finish it was an interesting project to to start and the remodeling of the upstairs took almost a year from when we opened to get Mm -hmm. that part of that phase of the project done but we knew that we were going to do it and we understood what was going to happen and how long it was going to take so I think that it was a good partnership, and we we talked about it up front. We knew yeah. exactly what we all wanted out of it up front, and it was part of the original negotiations when we signed the lease. So yeah. I think that it was a good use of space. It was good for the building owner. It was good as us coming in for as tenants, yeah. you know, and and all of the partners. I think yeah. that it it helped everyone. Yeah. Um. So to kind of. Uh give a little bit of a teaser for everybody for the uh, next week's episode. This was kind of a discussion about the success of, of what we're having here. And, and, and the reason I do talk about the domain is I want you guys to uh, realize that this is something you can go look, look at the pictures, you know, Google us, see what's going on here, see the reviews, see, um, you know, not to get into social media side of it, but see how we respond to those reviews and those negative reviews. When talking about the criticism that, yeah, you don't want to lash out on those social media things. You want to you want to respond appropriately, I guess, uh, to those those reviews. But honestly, uh, yes, <laughs> right, honestly, right. and uh, and and you know, and sometimes um, don't respond the night that review comes in. Right, you know, it's like type it out, erase it, type it again, talk it over with your you know significant other or a business partner or something. Um, to get into that so you it's a good opportunity to go on and see how we do that and there's several hundred reviews on there um and then also the website to see how we've developed out the the marketing platforms and how we do the uh rentals upstairs and the downstairs and things of that nature but anyway next week um we're going to go the opposite direction and talk about one of our failures (laughs) (laughs) um and uh just kind of give you a little taste of what it's like to have something that doesn't really succeed well so yeah and and the uh, yeah the trials and tribulations that come with all of that that's, so that's, yes exactly. that's a good topic all righty well thank you guys and uh we'll talk later next week here thanks guys have a good one hey you don't understand business <laughs>